Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. So today I'm going to answer about three listener questions that have come in amongst a whole plethora of them. And in an effort to catch up, I'm going to essentially make this an Ask Marco episode. And I'm going to do a few of these here as the regular weekly episode of what I normally do with a guest just to get caught up on some of the backlog of the Ask Marco questions that get submitted on the website. So before I get to the first question, just a quick reminder, if you're listening to this, you like the show, remember to subscribe and do me a favor, help share the show with other like-minded people. Do it verbally, send them an email, send them a share link, or just go to iTunes or wherever you may listen to the show. Leave us a rating and review. That greatly helps. And yes, I do greatly appreciate it. So moving forward, uh, let's start with the first question. I don't know the person's first name. He just put the letter O, um, but uh, I can see in his email address what his name might be. But he says, hello, Marco. I've been listening to your show for a little more than a year now, and I love it. I've encouraged others to listen as well. Here's my question. My wife and I are finally moving in together, and we'd plan to rent the townhome she was living in. The math seems to suggest something different. The rent target on that property is $1,850 a month. Expenses are about $1,432. And the management fee, which is property management, would be about $185 a month. Cash flow, he says, is about $233 per month. And that's not including the lease fee. So let's just call it $230 a month. So here's his numbers. He's saying the sales target, if he was to sell it, is $235,000. And the mortgage balance is 200000 so after all costs and selling expenses, he would be left with about $18,000 in estimated profit. He says it would take roughly six years to make in rent what it would make in profit on the sale today, not including the costs of the LLC and transfer fees. What do you recommend? I guess what you're trying to decide is whether you should sell it and take the estimated profit of $18,000 or just keep it and keep the cash flow. Um, possibly take that estimated profit and roll it into another property. Here's the way I'm looking at it. First of all, I'm making an assumption that the $233 per month is true net cash flow. And what I mean by that is you're deducting vacancy allowance and you're deducting something for maintenance and repairs. So you have a true net number, even though you're probably pocketing more than that. When you budget for future expenses, you're coming out to about $233 per month. So that's my first assumption. Now, if you were to sit tight, hold that property, and again, you didn't give me a market here, so I don't know what that neighborhood and that market is doing in terms of price appreciation. And I don't bank on appreciation, but it's something that we do want and will get when you purchase properly. So $235,000, if that's the true market value today, at 3% nominal appreciation is about $7,000 per year in equity growth. That's just what you're going to have on paper each and every year. On average, over the long term, making the assumption that you're seeing about 3%, which is a fair number. It's, It's reasonably conservative. Again, I don't know the market you're in. So if you have $18,000 in equity and you were to take that $18,000 in equity and 
do a tax deferred exchange. So you're paying no tax on that profit and purchase another property somewhere else. You could be making more per month in terms of cash flow, but just based on numbers that I'm seeing today in most of the markets that we're in, you're still going to end up netting somewhere around $250 per month net net true net cash flow after vacancy and after maintenance and repairs. So to me, that option would be a lateral move. So the question becomes, why bother to sell it if you are um, going to end up with roughly about the same amount of monthly cash flow? You wouldn't. You probably just want to sit tight. So your cost basis, this is the other thing I'm looking at with this property. Your mortgage balance is 200000 It's worth two hundred thirty-five. So let's just assume your cost basis is 200000 what you're into it for, not what it's worth today, but just your, your true investment in the property. If you divide that by what you're getting per month in rent today, which is $1,850, I'm calculating the rent to price or rent to value ratio here. In your case, it's not the value, it's the price I'm looking at because it's your cost basis that we're considering. So your cost basis would give you a rent to price ratio of about 0.93%. Let's just call it 0.9. It's very close to 1%, which is, you know, the so-called 1% rule, plus or minus. That's a very fair number. So from that perspective, it's definitely worth keeping because you've got the cost basis to justify reasonable numbers, good numbers. So you've got the cash flow. And let's just assume that this is in a good area it's a stable, solid, or growing area, then again, that's another argument to keep the property. Based on what you're giving me, I would say just keep the property. You've got positive cash flow. You've got some equity in it. Assuming it's in a good neighborhood, in a good market, you've got price uh, price growth and future appreciation just because of whatever dynamics are going on in the neighborhood in terms of population growth, uh, maybe um, gentrification nearby, jobs coming in, uh, all that good stuff. If that's the case, then medium term and even long term, this would be a good hold. So I don't see any strong reason to sell the property, take the profit, and you know run off and go on a vacation or just roll that profit into another property because it sounds like it's more of a lateral move. Unless you had the opportunity to get into an exceptional deal in a market that is showing very strong momentum in terms of price growth, I don't see a reason to sell that townhome. I would say just keep it for now, hang on to it, manage it, maybe self-manage it if it's nearby and you know what you're doing, uh, let the equity grow and then look at rolling that equity into other properties and growing your portfolio that way. So I hope that helps. That's the first question. Okay, my next question comes from David, and he says, Hi, I am enjoying your show. I grew up in a real estate family, but never got involved in the industry. I just completed the Than Merrill three-day workshop and can't wait to get started. What is your opinion of their program? Some of the numbers thrown out seem optimistic. Thanks, David. All right, for those listening that don't know who Than Merrill is or what he's about, Than is an author and a real estate investor. He's been around for a while. He, I believe he started investing in real estate around 2004. But many of you, many of you might know him or remember him from the original HGTV series, Flip This House. He was one of the first, probably the first person on the flipping reality show stream of 
um, shows that are out now. So he was probably the first guy as far as I remember. So he's also the founder of a company called Fortune Builders. And it's essentially a program that is designed to teach students what they know or what they should know about real estate investing. Um, I don't know how encompassing it is. I did go to one of his one day events. Um, I thought it was interesting, but it wasn't for me. Uh, I never con continued on into a three day event and I certainly didn't pay for their, um, I don't know if they call them boot camps or coaching programs, but I've heard that they are as much as $40,000, an insane amount of money. And um, I've been down that road long ago, as you might remember in 2003, when uh, Robert Allen had the Enlightened Wealth Institute and they were having boot camp programs to the tune of $15,000, and $35,000. And I did sign up for one of those. I don't remember which one. So they do get pricey and um, the value you get from them is questionable depending on who you are, what you're looking for, who the instructors are and all that good stuff. Um, but Than came out with a book called The Real Estate Wholesaling Bible, The Fastest, Easiest Way to Get Started in Real Estate Investing, quote unquote. And it was about how to make money wholesaling real estate. Now, here's my thoughts on this. You know, you're asking me what my opinion of their program is. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know very many people who've been through it. I do know that we had a client who was incredibly upset after taking the program uh, because she realized after having a conversation with one of our investment counselors that she had learned probably more in one hour talking to one of our investment counselors about buy and hold real estate investing than she did in the three-day workshop. And as I'm told, she was actually starting to tear up and break down to the point of um, crying on the phone, realizing that she just sunk thirty or $40,000 in this program that she probably won't use much of, if any, going forward. Again, my understanding is that the focus of the workshop is heavily skewed towards wholesaling, which is essentially finding distressed sellers or distressed properties, buying those properties under um, deep discount, and you're actually not buying them technically, you're putting them under contract, and what you're doing is you're flipping or selling the contract with whatever fee you tack on, and that could be, depending on what market you're in, could literally be in the tens of thousands of dollars in terms of a profit on a flip a flipped contract, not a flipped property. But the key about wholesaling is it's very, very market specific. And um, the more expensive the market, the more profit you stand to make. However, at the same time, the more expensive the market is, the more competitive it is. You know, you take a market like coastal California or Southern California, where there's not a lot of inventory to start with. Um, and when you have strong appreciation, everybody's chasing those deals. So they are difficult. And there's a lot of marketing involved in order to farm and find those deals as a wholesaler. Um, it's easier in the cheaper markets where there's a lot of distressed inventory. However, um, you know, it's, you have to do volume there. It's not as lucrative or profitable. I've done a little bit of wholesaling. I'm not a fan of it. And this is the main point to your question that I want to make here is the difference between real estate investing versus uh, real estate as a business. In other words, the investment versus the business. So if you're asking my opinion about the workshop, you know, it's probably a good program. I don't know if it's worth what they're charging. Again, I've never been to the three-day 
But if you are looking to get involved in real estate as an investor, to me, investing means that you're buying cash flow assets that you buy and hold, generates monthly income, annual income, and it creates wealth over time. That's an investment. A real estate business is something that you are operating, meaning if you're a wholesaler, you are actually farming areas, driving around, talking to sellers, contacting, well, they're not sellers at the time, but you're contacting property owners and you're looking for what are referred to as the don't wanters. Those people who need to sell or want to sell because they need to get rid of a property for whatever reason. And that's your opportunity to pick it up at a discount. So that's what wholesaling is all about. But that takes time and takes energy, work, um, sometimes cash and, and effort. And that to me is a job and you can call it a business but that's not the same as real estate investing. Investing is when you take your earned capital, your income, and you turn it into passive income. Now it's an investment. So David, that's probably not what you wanted to hear, but that's my opinion of their program. All right, now moving on to um, the third question here from Wilfred. I believe this one came in very recently. Uh, he said, hi, Marco. I wish I came across your podcast five years ago. Your shows are very informative. My question here is this. As the market in Orlando is moving in the right direction, would it be wise to sell a couple of debt-free properties and use the cash to buy more rentals that can generate more cash flows with less HOA, dues and all? Uh, HOA meaning a homeowner's association, which in some cases, particularly in California, can be well into the hundreds of dollars, if not more. So uh, he said, "Is uh, or is it wiser to mortgage them out and use the cash to add more cash flow streams every month? Thank you, Will. Hmm, well, when you say more cash flows, then my answer is a quick and simple yes. Always take that dormant equity. It's wealth, but it's just sitting there trapped in a property. And if you can take some or all of that equity, and repurpose it, turn it into more cash flow. Uh, you're not spending it or getting rid of it. All you're doing is repositioning it and putting it to better use. You're you're leveraging it up, meaning that you're increasing the number of properties and cash flows that you get from that equity that you have already. So my answer is a quick and simple yes. But remember, it's all about the math. You got to compare your current scenario today with these two properties that are mortgage-free, they're debt-free, to other properties and other scenarios. Uh, let the math help guide you. You don't base your entire decision on the math, but you lay out your two or three or four different scenarios and you pencil out what they look like and then you can see what you stand to gain by either doing a cash out refi and pulling equity out and using that to build your portfolio or simply selling one or both of those properties and then taking that equity. And you could do this tax-free through a 1031 exchange. And you could talk to us about that. And by doing that, you essentially increase your portfolio's performance and increase your cash flow and your overall rate of return. You have to understand that when you have equity in a property and it's debt-free, your return on that equity is essentially zero. Some people will argue otherwise. It just depends on how you're actually measuring this return. But the truth is, is you're not putting that equity to work. It's just sitting there and it grows month after month and year after year through 
appreciation. And if you have a mortgage, it grows through the amortization of the loan. But the reality is, is you're not putting it to work. So you're not getting a return. But if you pull it out and you put that towards other properties, uh, usually in the form of a down payment, and you're getting financing for these additional properties, now you're putting it to work and you're increasing your overall rate of return because that equity now becomes down payments towards other properties. And let's say you have $30,000 as a down payment towards another property. It's generating cash flow of, let's say, $3,000 a year. Well, you do the math. You can, you can calculate that very quickly. So cash flow as well as appreciation potential are the two factors that come into play for me when I make a decision like this. I want to look at the market it's in and what that market is doing in terms of growth, um, what dynamics are going on, are there drivers to drive more people and and housing, household formations um, in that market? Is that market strengthening or weakening in terms of momentum? Uh, currently, the Orlando MSA, which is a very large area, so this is a generalization because I don't know where your properties are located, but the Orlando metropolitan area has a relatively weak momentum right now. It's weakening. And so even though it's still appreciating, it's below 5% in terms of its inflation-adjusted annual appreciation, which is okay. But if you were to look at a chart and plot its momentum, it's actually been declining here over the last probably year or two. Uh, but you compare that to other markets where you have other opportunities such as Huntsville, Alabama, Indianapolis, Indiana, Memphis, Tennessee, just to name three of multiple markets that we're in, you can see pretty quickly that you can take that equity and put it to better use by building a portfolio that's going to end up being larger than what you have now, increasing your cash flow. And if you are in more than one market, meaning two or more, because you're essentially diversifying geographically, now you're reducing your quote unquote risk because you've diversified your portfolio in multiple markets. So that's what I refer to as geographic diversification. So you can increase your cash flow, preserve and protect your existing equity and put yourself in a position where you stand to gain more in terms of appreciation potential in other markets that have stronger momentum than the market you're in. Again, you have to break this down more granularly than just the metropolitan area. But Orlando as a whole, as an MSA, has a weakening momentum right now. So um, I'm not going to give you a specific answer to this, but I would highly encourage you to evaluate your options, maybe speak to one of our investment counselors and compare different scenarios. Stay put where you are, maybe leverage up in, in the market you're in, uh, maybe take one of those properties and do a 1031 exchange, maybe do it on both or you can keep the two properties and do a relatively small cash out refi so you have investable capital to put towards other properties in other markets and build your portfolio up. But one thing I can say for sure is you're in a great position to increase your overall rates of return and cash flow. You, you've got the equity to do it, which means you have bullets in your gun to make this happen. So just put together a team or contact our team here and let us help guide you and and you can go far. All right, that's it for today. I hope this was helpful. I will continue to answer these questions in episodes coming up over the next several weeks. And other than that, thanks for listening, and we will see you all on our next episode.
Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.